terrifying. But good to have you guys tonight. If it's your first time here, my name is Pastor Eric. Um, uh, well, my name is Eric, but I'm the pastor here. It's not my first name. Um, but my name is Eric, and it's such a... Yeah, right. That was good. Uh, sometimes I have really good jokes. Other times I just speak. Um, other, other times I am the joke. <laughs> Knee slapper. Kidding, kidding. Well, to myself. Well, but it's an honor to have you guys tonight. If, you're, if this is your first time here because it's the holidays, it's Christmas, and you're thinking, man, I got I to gotta go to church for Christmas, you're here, um, you're, you picked a great time to come. It's our first day of our two-part series uh, that we're going through. Well, the church is going through the whole month of this series called Wonder, but we'll be, the two days that we meet this thir- today and next Thursday, we'll be going through two days of that same series, but with our own flavor to it that I think the Lord has been speaking to me in my life for this season. So again, it's such an honor to have you here. And if this is your first time, do not leave without saying, without connecting with someone. Do not leave without saying hi to someone. Cool? You with me? At the end of today, we'll be going to Chick-fil-A because apparently Chick-fil-A closes at like 11 now. Praise the Lord. Chick-fil-A. And I think you've been telling me about Chick-fil-A. So we're going to do Chick-fil-A after this. Chicken sandwiches. So, hey, let's pray, and then we'll jump in. Father, I thank you for this evening. I thank you for all that you've already begun to do. Lord, I pray that you would speak. We know that your word is like a two-edged sword, that it's, it's, it's strong enough to, to pierce through anything that we might be carrying in our hearts. So we pray, Lord, today that your word would transform us from the inside out. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So the series that we're in is called Wonder. Today, the, ser- the, the name of today's title is very simply Wonder. Ha! <laughs> Wow, look at that. Simple. So if you're taking notes, just write down wonder. I think so many times as we go through life, we, lo- we tend to lose our wonder. Do you remember the first time that you walked into Disneyland? Assuming everybody's been to Disneyland. Do you remember the first time you went to Disneyland? Oh man, I was amazed. You walk in and you see the, the, all the lights. Pop quiz. If someone can tell me how many light bulbs there are on Main Street, I will buy you chicken sandwiches today. Nobody? Okay, cool. Uh, There's a lot. I actually, I don't remember right now, but I remember spending some time. The first time that I went to Disneyland, I was amazed at what I saw. And then after a few times of going, I had a Disney pass for a year and I started to to look at all the light bulbs in Disney, on Main Street in Disneyland. And I thought, I wonder how many there are. So I looked it up like any other smart 18, 19, 20 millennial uh, I went on Google and I typed in how many light bulbs are on Main Street. And I, to my surprise, there is an exact amount of how many light bulbs are on Main Street. If you want to know, go look it up. But I was so amazed at what I saw that I, ha- that I went home and I had to know more. And I wonder if you've ever had that experience where you have to know more. To some of us, it's we meet a girl and we think, she's amazing. I have to, to know more. You get on Instagram and you're like, hmm, I have to know more. Maybe the same is for a guy. You meet someone, I mean, for a girl, you meet a guy and somehow you're like, hmm, I'm interested. You have to know more. But I think this feeling of being amazed and being in awe, being in wonder is not a new one to us. Naturally, it's not a new one. For those of you that are studying some sort of, for, you're, you're, you're furthering your education, you're in a field, in a topic that maybe, that I hope brings you some sort of wonder and that you want to know more about. 
I was talking with someone today that was telling me, man, I, I, I want to pursue this career. And the way that this person was talking to me, I could tell they were full of wonder. And that's amazing. I can't tell you when I was 20 years old and I knew that the Lord was calling me to be a pastor, to go into ministry, that moment, that season of my life, I was in wonder. I can show you my Bible that I have had for four years for that long, that I've written up, I've tagged in, I've take, I've bit pieces off of it just because I was hungry. I, I've done so many things with that Bible. I've slapped people, believe it or not. I have also punched people with my Bible. Like I have done a lot with my Bible. Not that the, you know, whatever, that's just because I'm weird. But that Bible has walked with me through mountains, and I probably have, I've spilled coffee on it. I know I have. I've done so, so, so much. But I remember that, that first part of my life with that Bible, there was so much wonder and awe in my heart that I just, th this is what I said, Lord, I have to know more. I wonder if you've ever said, said that. I have to know more. I have to learn more about, about, about God. I have to learn more about his grace. I have to learn more about everything that is in the Bible. I have to learn more. And if you have not had that experience, I would pray that as you're entering the new year, that you would ask the Lord, God, fill me with wonder and amaze. And, and I want to be amazed at all the things that you've done in your word, but also that you're continually doing in and through me. I want to live a life of wonder. Are you, are you, are you getting this? You with me? I wonder if there's anyone here that you would raise your hand and boldly say, hey, I want a life full of wonder. Not wander, not your lost, wonder. Come on, anybody? Lord, I want a life of wonder. I want to know more. My soul longs for you. I am thirsty for your word. Come on, somebody. And when I come to the scriptures with that mindset, something happens within, within me. And that's what I want to teach you here tonight. If you, if you approach a situation with awe and wonder, you can only find what you've been looking for. If you approach, and that's, there's something in that. If you approach the word of God, if you approach any situation in awe and wonder, you will find exactly what you've been looking for. Here's the thing. If you approach, if you approach God wanting to know more of God, guess what you will find? More of God. If you approach the scriptures wanting to learn more about him and wanting uh, to, and seeking a life, a mind that is renewed and constantly transformed, guess what you will find? Your mind is renewed and transformed as we see in Romans. Here's the thing. The problem is that we don't approach it with that mindset. The problem is that we come to church, we come Thursday nights, and maybe some of you come Sunday mornings, and maybe some of you, you do read your Bible and you check into some sort of online um, um, church podcast or whatever it is. You do that, but you don't approach it with this spirit of expectancy and a spirit of awe and wonder. When you don't approach it that way, you're really just filling a seat. And I don't think the Lord has called us to fill a seat. I think God has called us to be greater the Lord has called us to, to, to go from glory to glory, right? He's called us to be above things and not below them. He's calling us to be above. The problem is, if you don't approach him with expectancy, with awe and wonder, well, you're not going to find what you're looking for. And I think this is a, a, the perfect season to begin to think about this because everybody celebrates, well, not everybody, but a lot of people celebrate Christmas. I'm assuming everyone here celebrates Christmas to some extent, okay? 
We all celebrate Christmas. The problem is this, is that because we're, we're getting older, Christmas has taken this, this sort of identity to us of gifts, giving and receiving, mainly receiving gifts. Come on, somebody. I remember the, the last few years, I would ask my mom, and, and it's almost like the price tag of the gift that I've been asking my mom just keeps growing and growing and growing and growing. I remember a few Christmases ago, I asked my mom for a Nintendo 3DS. I know I'm over 20, and I asked for a 3DS. Bite me. Whatever. I asked for it, and she got me it. Awesome. And so then this year, well, that was that. That was the, the Nintendo 3DS. And then I asked my mom for an Xbox. She got it for me. Okay, great. It's just getting bigger. And then this year, I was, I was sitting down, and I was like, what do I want to ask? Because sometimes I get greedy. Anybody here, you get greedy. You know if you ask, you, you will receive. Come on, somebody. You know, you're like, hey, Mom, I know you didn't ask me. I know you don't ask me anymore like you did when I was a kid, but here's my Christmas list. Here's my grown-up Christmas list. Anybody? Oh, you're laughing because it's true. Mom, here's my grown-up Christmas list. Do you want to know exactly what I wrote on that list? I'll read it to you. Number one, AirPods, $150. Number two, Nintendo Switch, $300. Cross that one off real easy. Okay, number three, I, I, I said a Nintendo Switch Pro Controller, 60 bucks. Not too bad. Number four, I wrote down four different video games that would come up to about $250. I sent them all to her. She didn't respond for a day. I was like, okay. She, she hates me. She no longer loves me. She has disowned me because nowhere on that list did I say, you know, let's go out to dinner. Let's go to lunch. No, I just sent her a list. I said, um, she doesn't like me. Here's the thing. She responded and she said, well, how about I get you uh, ear pods? And I was like, no, 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 mom, you don't understand. And if you know anything about AirPods, ear pods are not the same. Anybody? Earpods are not the same. Earpods are the wired ear, uh, earphones. They are the ones that cost $30 to go into your phone. I told her, Mom, my phone doesn't have a port. I can't listen through earpods. And she was like, well, you're just being ungrateful. It was, it was, that moment to me was a moment that I realized I've lost my sense of wonder for Christmas. Because I realized Christmas to me with my parents has really become about all that I can receive. And granted, this isn't a story from last year that I've learned from. This is a, I sent her the text last week. This is a story that I'm constantly going through. I've lost the spirit of wonder in Christmas with my family. And so the Lord's been working with me and saying, what truly does Christmas mean to you? Because this is what God's been working with me. He said, I know what Christmas means to me because I gave you my son. But what does Christmas mean to you knowing that you've received my son? That's hard. So I sat down and I was thinking through the Christmas story. And if I asked you all verbatim to tell me what the Christmas story is, I guarantee you almost all of you will be able off the top of your head to tell me exactly what happened, right? So what does the Christmas story mean? Or, or tell me the story that, ha- that occurred during Christmas time, or the, the, when the Son of God was born, when the Christ was born. Well, so there's two people. There's Mary and her soon-to-be husband, and they're, they're engaged to be married. And then Mary has this awesome encounter conversation with, with, with an angel, and it goes something like the, the angel says, hey, um, 
want to let you know you're going to get pregnant and uh, you're going to be the mother of the Son of God. And she, she said, ha, that's funny. Not, probably not going to happen. Thank you. And she got pregnant. Here's the thing is that she was engaged. I know. I'm just going through it. <laughs> this is, I, I don't make this stuff up. Then, but we need to remember they were engaged. So she goes to her soon-to-be husband, and she goes, hey, Joseph, um, I got to tell you something, because I, I don't know how to tell you. I, just, 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 just listen to me. And she probably sat down, and she said, I'm pregnant. To which Joseph probably said, you're crazy. Uh, how? We've, we've never done anything. We, we're, 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 you're a virgin. And she said, no, you don't. I don't understand it just as much as you do. All I know is that an angel of God spoke to me and now I'm holding in my womb the Son of God. And Joseph had a point in his life at this moment to realize what's going on. Today we're going to talk a lot about this word suddenly because suddenly Joseph had the opportunity. He had a, he had a decision to make. Well, he divorce her silently or will he continue with the with the arrangements knowing that she's pregnant and he decides to to continue to silently divorce her because he wants to protect her here's the thing then all that happens and he an angel talks to him and then some stuff goes down which is amazing read the christmas story but then we see that the christ is born what happens that they go to a town because um, the, the census is happening, so uh, they're calling everybody to, to their town so that they could report and they could take count. You know how we have the 10-year census? You guys, you guys remember that? Actually, our time is coming back up again. But um, the census is going on. So Joseph and Mary go back to their town, and it's in that place that Jesus is born, in a stable, because there's no room in the, ho- in, in the hotels. There's no space for anybody. So they go into the stable. He's born in a manger. And, and notice that the Son of God was not born in a fancy temple or in a royal kingdom. He was actually born in a manger in the lowest place that you could possibly be, which is crazy. But that's not the point for tonight. We pick up our story. We pick up the story in Luke chapter 2. Are you still with me? Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12 is where we'll focus today. And, and I do hope... Here we go. There were sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, can you say Suddenly. God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them. They were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody. Can you look at your neighbor and say, for everybody? Now look at your other neighbor and say, worldwide. (laughs) This is people. (laughs) A savior has just been born in David's town. A savior who is Messiah and master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. We're going to break this scripture down because there's something powerful in there. And using basic context clues, we see in verse, at the start of verse eight, we see that there are sheep herders. So shepherds, right? They were camping in the neighborhood. So they were near 
near the stable. They were near where Jesus was. They were close. They had set up night watches over their sheep because who's going to watch the sheep at night? At night is usually when the, when the wolves would come and try to take their sheep. Come on. They would try to take them. But then we see this word suddenly appears. Suddenly. So we see that the sheep herders, the shepherds, were doing what they routinely were going to do, what they do every night. Every night they set up camp. Every night they, they put up ways to protect the sheep. Every night. But this night was going to be a little different. This night was going to change the rest of their lives. This night, the, the Messiah is born. This night, they would have an encounter with the Lord, with an angel of the Lord. And I love it because even though they were doing their own mundane, usual routine, they, it's almost as if they were expecting something to come. They were already expecting the Messiah to come. Can I tell you, even in the things that you do every day, in your nightly, your morning, your afternoon routines, in all of those routines, we cannot lose this spirit of wonder and expectancy because we might miss the moment. This word suddenly is a very, I'll I'll, I'll venture to say, theological word. You, You will find that word used so many times in Scripture because suddenly the Spirit of God fell on the people. Suddenly the angel of God appeared to the people. Suddenly, 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 or suddenly a man's eyes began to open suddenly, which means from one moment to the next, immediately, or uh, from a a place of expectancy, you see something that wasn't in a moment. Can I tell you, when you approach the Lord with expectancy, when you approach him, sometimes these suddenly moments occur. And I wonder if your suddenly moment is right around the corner. You've been praying for something. You've been expecting something. And your moment is just around the corner. Suddenly, an angel appeared to them. Suddenly, the Lord appeared to them. Suddenly. So even in the things that you're so accustomed to doing, are you making way for God to move in and speak to you? Suddenly, in a moment. And even though they were expecting God, they were still terrified. But I love that the angel already knew that they were afraid. Do you know that? Even though we expect a lot of these things and seasons to come, sometimes we still get shocked. Have you ever seen, um, my family likes to play pranks on each other. So pranking just runs in everything that I do and am a part of. But I remember there was one time, my little sister who is, what, how old is she? Seven, eight years younger than me. I, um, I saw her jump scare my little brother, and I was around the corner. So I, I, I knew that she was going to be there, right? I, I heard the scream. I heard the jump. I heard the laugh. I knew she was going to be there. But as I turned the corner, she, she, she went back to her little place and then popped out at me. And even though I knew she was there, guess what happened? I still screamed. I still jumped. I still, it's like, I knew that she was going to be there. I knew that the jump scare was going to be there, but I was still surprised. I think that happens a lot to us. We know that we enter a place and we expect 
something to happen. But even then, we're surprised and amazed. Do you know, there's so many instances uh, in Jesus's life where he's walking and he heals somebody. And although people had heard that Jesus was healer, that Jesus was coming, although they knew that he was coming, they were still surprised and amazed. Why? Because of this spirit of wonder. In the spirit of wonder, there is nothing that, that does not surprise that does not surprise you or amaze you because God will work in all things. I wonder if you've lost that spirit of wonder. You've lost the spirit of expectancy. And what I love is this. The angel says, don't be afraid because I'm here to tell you great news. I'm here to tell you great news. As the worship team comes back up, I want to end with this thought. Great news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus did not come to, to just rub things in your face. He didn't come to make you feel bad. He didn't come to remind you of the past that you've lived. Jesus didn't come to do that. He came, as we see at the end of this scripture, he came to be your savior. He came to be your Messiah. He came to be your master. Which to us, the term master doesn't make sense. It doesn't. We don't know what it's like necessarily to submit to a master. We don't know what it's like to be completely dependent on the master. In our culture, we just don't know what it's like. But in this time, they were waiting and expectantly waiting for their master. The one that would not rule with an iron fist, but the one that would rule with grace and abundance. They were waiting not for a dictator that would tell them what to do, where to do, how much to do it. They weren't waiting for that. They were expecting someone that would return to them the freedom that God had given in the beginning. See, they weren't waiting for another rule. They weren't waiting for another law to be set in stone. They weren't waiting for that. They were waiting for someone to set them free from the, from the, the bondage of the law that came before. They weren't waiting for a king. dressed up from head to toe. They weren't waiting. They were waiting for a, a baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. I love that this spirit of wonder will take you from brokenness to expectancy. Because though I might be hurt right now, I know that in this season of wonder, the Lord will speak to me and he will heal me. <coughs> Lord, I pray with every eye cl closed, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us. I, I pray that this spirit of wonder would not leave our hearts, would not leave us. And as, as we enter this month of December, with all the events leading up to Christmas, Lord, I pray that you would remind us every day of not just the, the Christmas story, 
that the nativity scene, not just that, but that you would remind us of what it's like to wonder, to want to be in your presence, to want to know more. Lord, I thank you that you've given us the freedom to choose. And you delight in those, in the decisions that we make to worship you, to lift praises unto you. Suddenly, an angel appeared to the, to the men. Suddenly, your life could change from death to life. It takes one decision, suddenly. So before we go back into worship, worship with every eye, eye closed, I'd like to give you the, the invitation. If you'd like to recommit your life or give your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, you're my Lord and Savior. If you'd like to do that, I'd like to give you the opportunity. If you'd like to, even if it's to say, God, I want a spirit of wonder. If you're in this place, I want to give you the opportunity because he's here for you and grace is waiting for you. So on the count of three, you can raise your hand and I want to pray for you and then we'll go back into worship. But let's all stand on our feet. Every eye closed, stand on your feet. I'll give you the invitation and then we'll go back into this. One, the Bible says that he gave his son to save the world, not to condemn it. He gave his son for you. Two, the Bible says that this day is the Lord, is the day the Lord has met. Met. This day he wants to encounter you. Suddenly he wants to meet you. Three, if you're in this place, I'd like you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Lord, I pray for a spirit of wonder. Whatever is next in this season, I pray that we would enter it with wonder, with joy, with excitement, with expectancy, because we know that you will move. Father, we thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.